Don't blame yourself for past mistakes. Don't blame yourself for time wasted. Instead, congratulate yourself because what you feared, you're about to face it. The new you can't hate the old you. Stop listening to what mama told you. Shawty ain't have all the tools you got. All the confidence to rock when you hit the block. And that's generational curses breaking from all the moves you've been making. From all the risks you've been taking. You deserve a moment of celebration. Now hand clap for yourself. Hand clap for your wealth. Hand clap to your peace. Hand clap to being free. No one knows what it takes. It's a lot on the plate. Ain't got no time to waste. Put a smile on your face. Baby, you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode 2 of the Doughty Racer Podcast, a place of refuge where your host, me, Marissa Lowe, shares what it means to be a blackly black entrepreneur on the mend from society's definition of happiness and success. I call this the Doughty Racer Podcast because we get to reimagine what it means to be successful in these streets. We get to redefine our lives, our relationships, and how we do business out here, okay? So I'm here to share stories about how it don't feel, look, or taste like, you know, what we have been conditioned to believe. So let's get into it. My question in mind, I had been saving for months and 2019 was coming to a close. I had made a declaration back in June of that year and taking the necessary financial actions to quit my job. But I then started to panic because your girl ain't never stepped out like that before, okay? Uh, Sure, I had made some declarations over my life and career in the past, but this felt different. What society had said was I had a good paying job with a prestigious title that my parents could brag to their friends about and mad good benefits, okay? All of the benefits. My credit score was up. Uh, so why should I leave all of that? But the reality was, what they didn't know was that I was miserable. I was being forced out of my apartment that I loved by a crazy landlord um, that caused me to have to go to court because she was harassing me. So in the middle of that, I was going to court the company that I was working for was was going to trash and I had just was making my way out of a very, very toxic relationship that I had no idea, like knowing myself, like how in the world did I get there? Um, but I was she. So I felt also like I was an imposter at work, even though your girl was holding it down. Okay. The worst part was that the company I worked for, Tough Mudder, was going, was failing fast. So by December, we were hanging on by a financial thread. There was discourse in ownership and all of our sales had plummeted, as well as just trying to work my way through this, the ending of this relationship, this new apartment that I had to rush and move into that I really didn't care for. Um, And it was just, it wasn't, I just didn't care for it. Okay. 
let me just let me just tell you. So I moved into this new apartment thinking that it was going to be great because there was a lot of good sunlight. It was a great size. But the first day I went into that apartment, right before I move into any new place, I always clean first. So I went to go clean the night before I was supposed to move. And child, I was I sprayed a little something and there were roaches everywhere that came out of the woodworks from when I started to spray. And I was devastated. I was in there crying. I was calling my mother. I went to Target to go get me some bombs to try to bomb the place. And I was just so distraught because I had to move out of my apartment. My landlord was like forcing her way into my old apartment. It was like a mess. Um, so yeah, I most of the days during that time, I do not even remember. Um, especially with the addition of the relationship that I was in at the time was just toxic in all types of ways. It was abusive and mentally and emotionally, thank God, not physically, but I was fatigued most of the time. So you could say physically as well. Um, and so, you know, all of that happening at the same time was a lot. As far as work, though, eventually we were met with a forced bankruptcy, which meant that all of us employees were going to be losing our jobs. We weren't fired, but we weren't able to be paid, which was a really, really interesting conversation to sit in on. Um, and I may have uh, my good sis who had the best response in a corporate meeting I've ever heard when we were told that she was on the line and it was hilarious. I may have her come on so she could tell her side. But anyway, so being a part of the finance team had its perks at that time, you know, so I was one of the last women standing. Uh, then it was the onset of COVID. So company is going down. I'm closing out the books, handing things over to the new accountants, third-party accountant, handing things over to the lawyers, uh, and being being done with that job. And COVID hits. So I took that as a blessing and started to work on my business full-time, as I declared nine months prior. What I didn't realize was that it was all up to me at this at this point. So previously I had, I was starting to get cold feet around December thinking that, you know, maybe I should stay a couple more months and figure things out or what have you. And not only did the forced bankruptcy get me out of the job, but COVID hit also. So just in case I thought about taking on another job, she was like, nah, you going straight into this. So I had to do everything. I had to, and when I mean do everything, I mean, there was no longer anybody telling me, well, no one was telling me to get up at a certain hour and get on the train and go to work, but I had to be to work by a certain time-ish because I was I was definitely not getting in at nine o'clock most days. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, there was no one telling me what time I had to, to get up there was no schedule to get on the train and go to work and work from a specific time to a specific time, maybe some overtime and then go home. There was 
some sort of schedule at the very least. But now it was all up to me. I had to incorporate rest when I was tired or when I needed clarity to take a moment. I had guilt when I wasn't working because society says to be an entrepreneur, you have to grind. You have to burn the midnight oil. I was trying to prove to my father also that I was going to be okay without a job because his generation, if I wasn't working, then I didn't have money. And if I wasn't working, then I didn't have benefits. And if I wasn't working, then I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. But he did not know that I had saved some money and I was doing the things to prepare myself in the mean, you know, prior to that. There also was no measure of productivity like in the corporate space. So being an entrepreneur and, you know, there's no real measure. Of course, we can set our goals at a certain time of the year. A lot of times people do stuff around January or what have you, and then check in with ourselves. But no one was really holding my feet to the fire. In the corporate space, there was mid-year evaluations. There was end-of-year evaluations. You had a boss that sat with you on however regular of a basis to talk to you about your performance. And there was none of that becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I also had to learn how to do everything on my own from defining my niche, writing my business plan, writing my financial projections, creating my own branding, finding funding, finding a space, everything. So now you could call me a web developer. Okay. I, I develop websites now. (laughs) I, you know, I write contracts. I do social media. Like I, I don't, I don't be wanting to do the accounting part, but I got to do that. And then that's all separate from me actually holding space in community, holding space for these events, managing different facilitators for the different workshops and offerings that we have and putting um, events together so that there are beautiful experiences for the folks who interact with the Purple Kitty, which is my business. I realize I have not said that name yet. I got a business. My business is the Purple Kitty, okay? Um, So what I took from the corporate space versus what I left behind. So what I took from the corporate space is the continuous idea that I need to be doing. I have and continue to fight against anything accounting related. I just don't want to do it. Partly because I just don't want to. Okay. And partly because sometimes my imposter syndrome kind of creeps in periodically And I remember being called into the office to explain something simple, accounting one-on-one principles around accounts receivable to my CEO on numerous occasions. And I hate being cornered. I hate being asked the same questions repeatedly. And it made me feel like he was testing me. He was taunting me. Like he was seeing if I knew what I was doing or if I would budge on doing things his way because supposedly that got us to bring money in faster or having people involved in the accounting books that weren't a part of accounting because we were moving too slow for him um, in certain respects. But it was just, 
it was just so overwhelming and traumatic really that I did I don't really like looking at my accounts right now, which just sounds terrible. Um, I even fought for a long time doing any courses on finance and financial literacy and accounting with the folks in at the Purple Kitty with or you know offering any workshops and things like that just because of these little negative seeds that have been planted once upon a time. But there were some great things from the corporate space that I have decided to hold on to. So something like creating standard operating procedures. So when it's time to put on a workshop or put on an event, there are some steps that I have written out. So if it's not me leading, if it's somebody else leading, like there's already uh, documentation on how to do that. Standard operating procedures is documentation on all the things, on how meetings should run, how contracts should go, all of the things. I love that kind of detail organization stuff. So I took that with me from the corporate space. Um, writing emails after hours are a no-no. After hours could be anywhere after, for me right now, maybe eight o'clock. But back when I was in the corporate space, I was very mindful. If I did have an email or something I wanted to say, I would draft it, but I would not send it because one, I don't want people to think that I'm working or available to them after hours. And two, I don't want them to think that they have to respond to me right away. So that is something that I, t I took from the corporate space. Um, setting up contracts when working with others. I realize in this entrepreneur space, this small business space, a lot of folks don't do that. We just kind of have like uh, handshake conversations on what needs, to, what gets to be done, and I'm not cool with that. That's not gonna, that's not gonna fly for me. Um, I, I taking the power of networking and my ability to talk to other people who are in power without feeling intimidated or feeling like I'm less than them. Like hierarchy for me does not exist anymore. <laughs> like we are all on the same playing field. Maybe some people have been in business longer or have learned things that I have yet to learn, but it doesn't make us, um, doesn't make anybody better than me or me better than anyone else if I do know something that they don't. Um, things that I have been glad to leave behind is having set hours of work, to work. Like sometimes your girl wants to take a nap at 2 p.m. and that's what she will do. You know, sometimes I will be up till two, three, four o'clock in the morning because, you know, I've chilled out during the day. I've taken time for myself. Um, and there's a certain amount of energy that I get at night sometimes. So I want to be able to, to flow with that. Like right now, it's almost 2 a.m., but that's not he neither here nor there. Okay. Um, I get to do what I want to do. Uh, another thing that I'm glad I left behind is the idea that I have to always be doing something or at least look like I'm doing something at my desk. I know back in the corporate space, your girl would sometimes have her headphones on like she was doing something or listening to something when I really wasn't. I just didn't want anybody to come bother me. So I would have my headphones on, but with no sound. Whatever. You know, I don't have to look like nothing. I don't have to look like I'm working. I don't have to always be doing something. I could just be. Uh, another thing that I'm glad I left behind is having to report to mediocre white men or sit in rooms and be the only 
person who looks like me in that space uh, and hold back whatever emotions that I may be feeling because I don't want to be perceived a certain kind of way. I do I do understand there has there is some level of shared responsibility that is left behind in the corporate space. Uh, and knowing now that it's all on me sometimes is overwhelming. Uh, I would love to be able to share some responsibilities with folks that can just take things and run because your girl don't want to always be doing all of the things. I feel like, you know, contrary to what my father may think, because he think I'd be bossy or what have you, you call it what you want. But I don't want to be doing all the things. I would love to have people who, you know, are, are aligned with the vision of the business and can run with some of these things that I really don't want to be doing. Okay. So the lesson is that I'm still juggling to find what works best for me as it relates to the time spent working versus not working and creating a schedule that makes the most sense for me. I rest when I'm tired and I work when I, when I feel led to work. And also sometimes I work when I don't feel like it, but at least I know when I do need to take a moment, I take that moment and nothing happens. Like, you know, the world doesn't stop. Over time, I have been having less guilt and more grace for the moments when I am not working, ideating, meeting, networking, and I am taking a midday nap and I go sit by the water or use the time after learning something new, like attending a workshop or something, having a really inspiring conversation. I just chill after that. I don't run and start doing something immediately because I need some time to, to let it marinate for a bit. And then I take an action when the time is right or when I have had time to like really incorporate or integrate what I have just finished learning or, you know, talking about. I incorporate time for myself. I'm very intentional about that. I take days to just listen to my intuition. So whatever she says, I go do. I explore. I take the time for that. I allow things that most would consider a failure to be learning opportunities. I allow myself to experiment. So there, there will be workshops. There are different offerings that I have tried out that were seemed like a really great idea. In the beginning, it may have been a great idea and impacted people in certain ways, but ended up tapering off. For example, the workroom is something that I have launched with two other beautiful beings. And it was virtual co-working space, which is a great idea in in concept. And in reality, I can't even knock it. In reality, it is a great idea. But having being the person, the point person that led each of those days just didn't make sense for me, for us. Um, and we got to experiment and learn that. Like if we didn't put that into practice, if we didn't create it as an offering, we wouldn't know if it worked or not. So just learning that experimentation is okay. And also with human design, which more on that to come in future episodes, I have learned that I get to respond to the requests of the people. 
of the universe and not force things. So I don't always have to be coming up with a new idea. I can just listen to what people want, ask, inquire, and let those requests come to me and provide a service, an offering to the people for that. That makes it so much easier. I work the hours I want. I switch up my work environment. Most of the time on Fridays, I go to my favorite cafe. They say hey to me. You know, They call me friend. I call them friend. I try new delicious drinks. And you know, it's a, it's a nice time. Okay. Sometimes I go work from the mountains. Sometimes I work by the riverside. Like I could do what I want because this is my business. I visit with my friends. Sometimes I work from New York City. Right now I'm in Albany. I work from Brooklyn when I'm when I'm down visiting some friends. Um, and I carve out extensive time for myself, for my healing, to listen to my body, to quiet the naysayers in my mind, because your girl is a big deal. The purpose that I'm bringing forth is a big deal and ain't no stopping me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Doughty Racer podcast. Join me every week as I share my story of how I navigate this space of healing trauma, becoming more self-aware, all while running a business. If you too are in a space of wanting to start your healing journey or feeling like you are in need of an aligned tribe, then join us over at the Purple Kitty where we take a holistic approach to the health and well-being of black and brown women and kin through workshops and events centered around physical, mental, financial, and relational wealth. We will be hosting a free Sister Circle conversation on Thursday, August the 11th at 6 p.m. via Zoom. Come connect with us and learn more about the Purple Kitty community. I'll be sure to share all information in the show notes so you don't have to write it down or remember. And lastly, let's stay connected. Hit me up via email at thepurplekittyny at gmail.com or on IG or Facebook at thepurplekittyny to share your stories, comments, encouragements, or questions related to healing, business, and getting out of your own way. I would love to hear from you, okay? And with that said, we will be closing out this episode in five, be well, four, be love, three, be whole, two, be seen, and one, be free. Don't blame yourself for past mistakes. Don't blame yourself for time wasted. Instead, congratulate yourself because what you feared you're about to face it. The new you can't hate the old you. Stop listening to what mama told you. Shout it ain't have all the tools you got. All the confidence to rock when you hit the block. And that's generational curses breaking from all the moves you've been making. From all the risks you've been taking. You deserve a moment of celebration. Now hand clap for yourself. Hand clap for your wealth. Hand clap to your peace. Can't clap to be free. No yeah. one knows.